your source for community. Muskoka-made talk shows are on Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Hey, this is Dr. Shervin. Muskoka Magazine is brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Please visit DairyLaneDental.com. This is Touching the Past with your host, Trisha Markle. Hello, my name is Trisha, and this is Touching the Past, a program where we explore the heritage of Huntsville and area, its past and not-so-distant past. There comes a time where the ice on the bay is disappearing, skates are hung up, skis put away, and hockey sticks retired for another year. Now it's time to turn the mind to other things, like lacrosse, baseball, tennis, swimming, and all the other joys of summer. Huntsville has always been associated with lacrosse from the early 1900s to the more recent championship teams. But lacrosse has been around long before Huntsville even existed, and long before Jacques Cartier, the first European to arrive and claim the land for the King of France. Lacrosse is said to be the oldest organised sport in North America. It was a field game or ritual played by First Nations. The Hoad Nashani was said to have invented the game as early as 1100 AD. The Hoad Nashani was a confederacy of six different nations scattered mostly through the New York State and Canada. Folklore describes the game as the animals of the forest gathering for a great ball game. The story is of a game to be played between the four-legged animals on one side and the eagles, owls and other birds on the other. And the story goes on to explain how certain animals got their characteristics. The true origins are since lost in time. The game was known under several names such as Bagataway or Tiwarathon and played a significant part in the community and religious life across the continent for untold years. Those who took part did so with the highest ideals to bring glory to themselves and honour to their tribe. In 1840, the first game was played between the townsfolk and indigenous people. These games were played annually for many years, but it was a long time before any significant wins were logged by the settlers. The Europeans brought their structure and rules to the game as its popularity increased, and it's said that this was the first symbol of the new Canadian nation. Lacrosse was named by the French as they thought the stick used resembled a cross. The game became so popular that it was named the National Game of Canada by Parliament in 1859. In 1867, the Montreal Lacrosse Club, led by Dr. Beers, organised a conference in Kingston in order to create a national body to govern the sport throughout the newly formed country. The National Lacrosse Association became the first governing body in North America dedicated to the government's governance of the sport, the standardization of the rules and the running of national championships. The proud motto of the organization was, Our Country, Our Game. It remains a rare occurrence where an element of indigenous culture was accepted and embraced by the Canadian nation. In the, into the 20th century, Lacrosse was dominant sport through, throughout Canada. There were numerous professional and amateur leagues and teams routinely travelled between Ontario, Quebec and BC. This was field lacrosse, where Lord Minto, the Governor-General at the time, donated a silver cup to be awarded to the championship team. In 1904 through to 1916, field lacrosse was an Olympic sport and is still popular in some countries. 1930 saw a major innovation come about. Promoters married the game of lacrosse with that of hockey, 
and so box lacrosse came to be, supposed to be called boxler to differentiate it from the field lacrosse, although the name never really took hold. By the mid-1930s, box lacrosse had completely replaced field lacrosse in popularity. Quite often, though, the lacrosse box was outside, and it was several years until inside arenas became the norm. The Canadian Lacrosse Association today recognises four separate disciplines to the game. Box, men's field, women's field and inter-lacrosse. Inter-lacrosse or soft lacrosse is non-contact form and is quite popular in Europe. In 1994, lacrosse was reconfirmed by Parliament as the national, in brackets, summer, sport of Canada. Like many other places, Huntsville embraced the game. In the early 1900s, as the town began to flourish, lacrosse was one of the first organised sports to arrive. Mr. Ed Pym, owner of the self-named hotel, had been a great supporter by bringing the game to town and in 1901 helped with the formation of a lacrosse club. The town was persuaded to give the club a thousand feet of hemlock so that seats could be erected on the sidelines of the lacrosse field. The sport attracted so many people that special trains had to be engaged to take fans to away games. Harmon Rice, editor of the Forester, was president of the league. Some of the members of the 1900 team bear names that appear through the generations all connected with the Huntsville lacrosse. The Huntsville Blackhawks arrived on the scene in 1932 and made Huntsville one of the best teams in Ontario. Under the direction of manager Charlie Dinsmore, the team, now a box lacrosse team, won the Trower County t Championship. George, or Geordie Snowden he was known, scored five goals, and Joe Gialette, with three, were the stars of the game. This was the first of many championships won in the following years. The Hawks, as they became known, had another record year in 1950 by winning the Senior B Championship, followed the next week by winning the Eastern Canadian Championship. George Snowden was again a major player, but so too was a young Jack Beyonder, whose name is very well known for both lacrosse and hockey. Jack, a Huntsville boy, started playing lacrosse at 11. He became a lacrosse superstar, dominating the sport throughout the 50s and 60s. He played professionally for several teams, including the Victoria Shamrocks, the Westminster Salmonbellies and the Nanaimo Timbermen, seeming to be part of a championship team wherever he went also as a hockey player with the Maple Leafs and the Boston Bruins. Geordie Snowden, although a phenomenal lacrosse player, seems not to have pursued a professional career. Huntsville was such a strong lacrosse team that many local guys went to professional or semi-professional teams in both Canada and the States. Even today, there are young men and women from the area earning scholarships through their lacrosse skills. There have been many championships won by Huntsville teams through the years, both national and provincial. In 1961, the Hawks won the Intermediate A Championship. The 1965 Teen Towners, named for the group that supported them, won the national title of Junior B la Lacrosse Champs. The national championship was repeated in 1991 by the Hawks Junior Bs. <coughs> Every age group has won at least provincial championships, too many to list, perhaps in the past years encouraged in the fact that the winners could ride the fire truck down Main Street in a celebration parade. 
Sadly, that no longer occurs. There was a time when it was possible to go, it was impossible to go in or around Huntsville, starting as soon as the snow cleared, when you didn't see kids with lacrosse sticks just waiting to throw a ball around. There have been other sports to take hold. Baseball, for instance. Baseball is reputed to have evolved from an 18th century bat and ball game called rounders played in England. It was brought to North America by immigrants. Being more popular south of the border, by the 19th century had become recognized as the national sport of the United States, where the modern version developed. During the 1830s and 40s, organized baseball clubs grew up in the predominantly eastern U.S. states, and the rules developed by the New York City Club became the basis for the game. It was far removed from its British origins. A national governing body was founded and uniform rules were decided upon in 1858. In 1871, the first professional league was founded, and in 1876, Major League Baseball came to be. In 1901, the American League was formed, and the first world championship between these two major leagues was played in that year. By 1905, this had become an annual event. Baseball in the early 20th century were usually low-scoring games, until the 1920s, with the rise of power hitters like Babe Ruth, rules were changed. The color ban was in in effect until the 40s and the advent of Jackie Robinson, keeping some of the best players out of the stadiums. This ban gave rights to the professional Negro League. There were also women's baseball leagues, never as lucrative as the professional men players, but popular nonetheless. The sport was spread, has spread to numerous countries, although the so-called World Series does not represent the majority of players worldwide. Baseball was played in the Olympics as a medal sport in 1992, where Cuba won gold, and in 2008, where the U.S. came third to South Korea and Cuba. Professional baseball leagues featured teams from Canada as early as 1877. Baseball has introduced other games with similar rules, known as softball, lobball, slow pitch or three pitch. Although a direct descendant of baseball, these games played with a larger, softer ball and pitched underhand, but with comparable, compatible rules to baseball or hardball, as it can be known. Huntsville was quick to adopt baseball as a local sport, and in May 1904, the first league was formed. There'd been baseball teams around before that date, but not in an organized league. This league comprised of teams from Bracebridge, Kearney, Huntsville and South River. The baseball diamond was located where the Summit Center sits today and it was a popular sport. Seating was provided for 700 people, but sometimes it was standing room only. I'll take a short break now, but we'll be back in a moment. By Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay, 88.7. I'm Dr. Shervin from Dairy Lane Dental, and you're listening to Muskoka Magazine. This is Touching the Past with your host, Trisha Markle. Welcome back to Touching the Past. Uh, today, I'm talking about summer sport, sports, and we'll continue with some successes that Huntsville has had in some of these sports. It was a lot local. Doctor, Dr. Evans, who was the manager in those early days of baseball during the 20s and 30s, with team called the Maple Leafs. During these years, Huntsville was considered a leader in Ontario, with their outstanding teams reaching the final several times, 
only to lose to larger city teams, but did win the championship in 1925. Pat Brothers was another leader in local baseball with teams called the Red Sox. Following World War II, he became an umpire and for his participation, he, like Dr. Evans before him, have their names in the Huntsville Sports Hall of Fame. A name that's synonymous with baseball in later years is that of Bob McCulley, or McCool as he was known, a pitcher with the Huntsville Merchants and leading them to championships from 1955 to 64. Bob remained involved in baseball for many years, and it was for this reason the new baseball diamonds were named for him, as well as longtime umpire Alex Robertson. Bob's name can also be found in Huntsville Sports Hall of Fame. Someone who's currently involved with the game is Stan Remington, who has devoted 60-plus years to the sport as player, coach and manager. Nicknamed Ziggy, Stan started playing at, at the age of seven, and when, all, and when older, played for the merchants. He has taught numerous kids the game and remains president of the Baseball Association in Huntsville. Baseball is still played around town, with both men and women now playing. There are men's and ladies' softball as well as slow pitch and teams for kids of all ages. Apparently, a new program was to be started in Bracebridge for the elite high school players, both girls and boys so they would not have to travel elsewhere for high-level coaching. It was to be called the Outlaws. One claim to baseball history that Huntsville has is the fact that Huntsville-born George Twinkletoe Selkirk was named by the New York Yankees to take Babe Ruth's place in the outfield when the Bambino left the Yankees for the Red Sox. He even inherited Ruth's number three jersey. There is very little history to be found on local tennis. It is known from the Forester that as early as 1900, Charles Waterhouse was having tournaments at Deerhurst. Most historians believe the game of tennis was originated in France in the 12th century by monks. No racket was used, but the hard ball was hit with the hand. It was the 16th century when rackets were introduced. King Henry VIII was reputed to be very fond of the game. It was the Marylebone Cricket Club that laid down the official rules in 1875, and they remain the same today, with only a few minor changes. Promoter C.C. Pyle created the first professional tour in 1926, but in Huntsville, tennis was just for pleasure. A newly formed group called the Huntsville Club decided in 1920 to raise funds to purchase property between Lawn and Centre Streets, where they constructed a bowling green and tennis courts. Since then, there has always been somewhere to play tennis. Right now, the Huntsville Tennis Club play at Meadow Park Courts, and there are public courts at Conroy Port Park and in Port Sydney. With all the lakes around, swimming was just a part of summer, without having to have a formal club. However, there was to be no swimming in the river between Dr. Hart's house and the bridge, unless properly clothed, and swimming at the Muskoka, swimming at the Muskoka Wood Company above the bridge was to be encouraged. These notes are from the minutes of the town council, July the 3rd, 1906. With the pool being added to the new arena in the 1980s and improved in 2008 with the new Summit Centre, it has given rise to the Huntsville Swim Club and Muzak, the Muskoka Aquatic Association, both giving, especially young people, the chance to learn and perhaps compete in swimming. A more recent addition locally to summer sports has been soccer. 
played a number of years ago by the men of the German Canadian Club, there is now a full range of teams, from tots to adults, boys and girls, men and women. This sport is ages old. Its origins can be traced back about 2,000 years to China and Greece and also parts of Central America. Also, Central America also makes claim to its origins. The first examples of team game involving a ball made out of rock, the Aztecs took the game seriously, as the losing team was usually sacrificed. It was in China that kicking entered into the game in the 3rd to 2nd century, called Kamari. Apparently, the Australian Aboriginals played a similar game involving a ball made from roots and leaves, with the game being keep to keep the ball in the air. The forerunner of the game in Europe featured a huge number of players and over a large area of ground, sometimes in towns themselves, where buildings were damaged and sometimes players died. Many places then banned the game altogether. A form of soccer returned to Britain in the 17th century and was played in all the best private schools. Rugby and football were intertwined, and in 1848 an attempt was made to create proper rules for the game. It took many years and rule changes until it transitioned into the game we recognise today. This sport was considered the first to provide entertainment for the working class, and unprecedented numbers of spectators of up to 30,000 would turn out to watch the games in the late 19th century. As Britain expanded across the globe, soccer was taken with them. The first football club was formed in Sheffield in 1855, and the first professional club was Notts County in 1862, and both are still around today. Football transitioned from being played by private school types and became the working man's game. Now there's hardly a hamlet, village, town or city in the UK that doesn't sport a football team of some type. And in Canada, the number of places playing football has increased greatly. Soccer is fast becoming a dominant sport among the young, as all you need is a ball and somewhere to play. Having professional soccer in Canada and the success of the women's team internationally and the men's team finally going to the World Cup has increased interest in the game. Huntsville has a soccer club and has excellent pitches at the Macaulay Robertson Sports Complex, open to all ages. It has a women's outdoor soccer league, which according to the website is full. A men's league, pick-up games and leagues for all ages. For some, the only game of summer is the game of golf. The popularity of this is shown in the number of courses in the area. Huntsville is listed as having three within the town and another 24 within 20 miles of town. Golf is a sport that has been enjoyed for centuries and has evolved from a simple game played in the fields to a highly technical and competitive sport. The origin of golf is somewhat unclear, as there are several theories to when and where the game was first played. It's been suggested that both Rome and China had similar games played with a stick. Another theory is that Scottish shepherds used their shepherd crooks to hit stones into rabbit holes. The first written account of golf appears in Scotland in 1457, when King James II banned the game as it was interfering with military training. However, the ban was listed when James IV became a golfer. The first recorded links was in Musselburgh in 1672. In the 18th and 19th century, golf began to spread to other parts of the world. The Royal and Ancient Golf Club of St Andrews 
helped establish the rules. The first golf club in the US was established in 1786, and the first course was established in 1888. Modern golf of the early 20th century became a highly competitive game, with the creation of tournaments such as the British Open, the Masters, and the rise to stardom of some of these tournament winners. Names such as Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicklaus, Tiger Woods, and others have certainly popularised the sport and the development of new technologies, such as metal woods and dimpled golf balls, have also helped to make the game more challenging and exciting. One name that stands out for golf in Huntsville is Gary Slatter. His future was determined for him when he was born in the clubhouse at Huntsville Downs, where his father was greenskeeper and his mother ran the club. He has been a professional since 1966 and was captain of the CPGA. Gary, over the years, has won tournaments across Canada, has organised tournaments, and for many years was a golf pro in the Bahamas, although he has worked pretty near around the world. Although retired, I expect Gary still spends time on the golf course. So there we have had a look at some of our summer sports and how they began, and our local heroes. Sometimes, though, summer just seems too short to get all our sports in. This has been Touching the Past on Hunters Bay Radio 88.7. Get this or any other program on podcast and listen again for more on our heritage. <laughs>